0: Here comes that dreamer on the Article 7 podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. I'm Andy Jacob, pastor of Bethany Lutheran Church and Preschool. This is the sermon podcast I use to capture some of the ministry at Bethany Lutheran Church, which is located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. Well, I say that just in case you'd like to come and visit. We'd love to see you sometime. Article 7 now refers to the Augsburg Confession, the document that identifies where the Lutheran Church stands including the issue of, what is a church? That question's answered in Article 7 of this confession, so I choose Article 7 as the title for my blog and sermon podcast. I like connecting and thinking about what the church is and how does that church minister. Certainly a lot's changed in the centuries that the Article or Augsburg Confession rather, was written, but some things are still the same. One thing that is the same is the importance of God's Word, which is why Bethany Lutheran Church and Preschool is doing a reading program called The Story. This reading program is based on a book published by Zondervan in 2011 that takes certain chapters of the Bible and arranges them in chronological order so that it reads like, uh, well, a story. I think this arrangement is very helpful because it becomes clear how everything is connected in the Bible. Now, throughout this series, you'll hear me say that it's like a number of different streams and creeks flowing into a large lake, where the lake is our salvation, the way that God rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. And the streams are the individual stories that we get in each chapter of our program, In chapter 3, we meet Joseph, whose story points us to the larger story of forgiveness and salvation by the way that he forgives. Well, there's a lot that Joseph has to overcome before he gets to that point, though. So may God connect us to his strength, even as we connect to this chapter of the story. The sermon I presented from this chapter is taken from one of the early verses where the brothers say, here comes that dreamer. Now, there's a musical gift given by C2W that stands for Created to Worship. For an extra cultural connection, we sang a few songs from Andrew Lloyd Webber's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And then this podcast, you'll hear a recording of the anthem, Close Every Door to Me. Just note that sometimes the voices are not all balanced in the recording. Uh, so one or two voices may be louder than the others. I always wonder whether or not I should include something in a podcast that sounded fine in worship but maybe didn't record in the same way. Well, I decided this was just too much fun not to share. So on to the sermon and a little music from the worship where we celebrate Chapter 3 of The story. Yeah, if Broadway is not your thing, you can blame me. (laughs) Like I said, I want to find these cultural touch points. There will be one next week as well. Um, And here, I think there's plenty to grab onto in the story of Joseph. As you are reading each chapter of the story, again, look for those connections. Connections not only to questions that you have or things that look interesting on your way, but things that may connect to your own life as well. This week, look for those forgiveness connections where God can strengthen us to follow his story of forgiveness. I want to begin here in the text of Genesis and in the story, chapter 3, with the words of the brothers who say, Here comes that dreamer. What is a dream? We just had a little discussion about this earlier today. It's that subconscious processing of the brain. Scientists are still learning about it, how the human brain works, but you know we, we know that it's sending messages to us. Like Maybe if you get a scary dream, like a scary spider coming down to whoo, shock you awake, you know, that might be your brain telling me, Hey, buddy, get off of your arm. It's fast asleep. Yeah, your arm needs to get the blood circulating, and it wakes you up that way. But are we talking about the physical process the brain goes through? There's another way in which we use the word "dream" in the English language. It's used in the biblical sense, of course, with these encounters that people have with God, presumably in their sleep, and they get some communication from the Lord. That's a different thing altogether. But then there's also the way that we use it in the English language to, to have some aspiration for the future. Some, some future, you know, this is the way that I want the world to be. Like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We can't say that, of course, without thinking of his speech down by the Lincoln Memorial where he said, I have a dream in expressing his hope in a just American society where children of all races grow up in peace together and get to play together. When Joseph's brothers see him coming, they say, here comes that dreamer. And they don't mean that in a nice way. They plot to get rid of him. Why? Because Joseph was the favorite. And all the rest of them were just brothers from another mother. Literally. And again, not in the nice way in which we say that. They were just all the stepbrothers and from Joseph's aunt and from two handmaidens. It's complicated. I'm not going to get into all that today. Just know that Joseph was Rachel's son. Rachel was the one that Jacob truly loved. And so that when Rachel died in childbirth, giving birth to Joseph's brother, Benjamin, All of Jacob's love and adoration and doting got poured onto Joseph. And so he was the recipient of a ornate, multicolored coat. And he might as well have just been wearing a big neon sign as he paraded in front of his brothers that says, Dad likes me the best. He may not have been all that discreet about it, And certainly the brothers hated Joseph, not just for the coat, and not just for being the favorite, but also the brothers hated Joseph because of the dreams that he shared. Dreams that were about people bowing down to him, including Joseph's brothers and even his father. His brothers may have been thinking, yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. And sure enough, when Joseph comes their way, they say, here comes that dreamer. And they see an opportunity in front of them. They jump Joseph. He gets thrown down into a cistern. He's not just left there to die, but at the pleading of one of his other brothers, he's sold into slavery by a traveling band that was going by. And now as this chapter unfolds, as this story unfolds, we learn that Joseph isn't just a dreamer. He's pretty good at stuff. He's got a lot of grounding in the real world. He's extremely good at administration, of all things. And whatever he touches, the Lord gives him success. He has command, not just with the metaphysical and dreaming, but also the physical world as well. He's entrusted, first as a slave, next as a prisoner. And here we have to note that Joseph was a few years in prison, and that was certainly a test of his faith. But he gets a break when the pharaoh of Egypt has a dream. And after interpreting the dream, Joseph has a plan to save Egypt from famine. And before you know it, he's pretty much in charge of the whole country. Not bad. Whether you're familiar with the story through Sunday school, through reading the Bible, or even through the musical Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, it's just amazing all the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs and the extreme drama that unfolds in these chapters of the Bible. And then it doesn't get any better than when famine hits and Joseph's family, while he's still in charge of Egypt, come and appear before him. And he has them under his power. They don't recognize who he is. Under, he must have been made, wearing regal you know, all this Egyptian regalia, maybe even the makeup that was worn at that time. And they stand right in front of the person that they jumped and threw into a cistern and sold into slavery. The person who had to do hard time because of these brothers from another mother. So what would you do in that moment? Dear sisters and brothers, what would you do? Knowing that you have pretty much the power to do anything that you dream about. And what would those dreams be? Dreams of revenge? Of comeuppance? Maybe throwing them into prison or selling them into slavery as Joseph was? Well, before you answer that. Let me tell you a story. I may have shared this once or twice in a sermon. It's because it's a testimony that really showed me a vision, showed me a dream of what the church could be. And it started with a person named Nat, who was my youth worker in Long Island when I worked there as pastor. And Nat gives his testimony. He, had all kinds of children who were not baptized, who were not Christian, coming into our church. And that's the vision that I had, the impact that we could have on the community. And the testimony that he gave was jarring because he would describe how he would get jumped by all these different gangs of kids in Queens, New York, where he grew up, who liked to play beat up the white kid. So he grew up horribly racist against people of all other races. And he funneled his rage uh, by, growing, uh, by putting on chains and long black robes and heavy metal music, uh, just driving and thumping through his life. And as he was going through that, he gets a letter sent to the house, sent to him, his parents just throw it at him, uh, from the church that he hasn't been attending in years, that it was time for him to go to confirmation class. And so he gets an idea that he shows up uh, to this church in Queens, Lutheran Church, and sits there with his long black robe, chains coming down from his nose down to his clothing, and long hair, and wanting, really, really wanted to read the Bible, not so much to, uh, to learn what was being learned, but to know more about the devil, he said. He was, uh, the pastor of that church, I remember, was this uh, skinny guy who smoked a lot and cussed like a sailor. Yes, he was a pastor. <laughs> God had a plan. He was the perfect one for Nat. And uh, was patient and loving and you know, instructed the other kids to be the same way and don't, don't drive them away, but let's be patient and see what happens. Nat is confirmed two years later. He, his heart is turned around because that's the power of the story. That's the power of God's Word. To turn someone whose heart was so full of hate and dreamed of revenge, to turn that around because of the love that came alive in those pages. The love of our Savior, the forgiveness we all have by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that is what turned him around to then become a worker with youth and then a teacher. You know, and... It was a story about reconciliation and forgiveness and being coming back into the Lord's family. Dear sisters and brothers, just as I asked the kids earlier, have you ever had a co-worker who has wronged you, fellow students who may have humiliated you, <laughs> people from another country who attack you or your country? And have you ever harbored feelings of revenge. Well then, just like Nat, we look into the pages of the great story of our salvation. We find there a Savior who was spit on and took every spit, every slap, every savage blow, someone who was mocked and humiliated as he went to the cross, humbly, meekly, and saying on the cross, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. This very Savior took all of our sin into his body on the tree. Took all of every sin, every time we have hurt someone in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. And also every time someone has hurt us in the very same way. All sin was put onto Jesus to reconcile all people to God. Because it takes the blood of our Savior to speak peace for all of us so that we can be at peace with God, so that we can be at peace with one another. So now we see how this story flows into the larger story of salvation. Joseph did not let his brothers out from under his power without a few shenanigans on the way, right? Read the story if you don't know what I'm talking about. I, I may think he was entitled, but ultimately, ultimately, as we've read it and from the Bible today, he does reveal his, his identity. He reveals who he is, which terrifies those brothers. They don't know what's going to happen. And he says that although they intended evil, God has worked it out for the good. Just as it says in Romans chapter 8, here in Genesis it says, I am your brother Joseph whom you sold into Egypt, and now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. They still weren't convinced that he meant what he said. Years later, <laughs> and so they, before their dad dies, they say, "You know, Dad, you know, put in a good word for us." When Joseph has to tell them, "No, I meant what I said. All is forgiven." And so the family comes back together. The family of God that would become the twelve tribes, that would become a nation, that would become the people that God would send the Savior through. And we get there by way of forgiveness and reconciliation. So, dear sisters and brothers here at Bethany Lutheran, I have a dream, I have to say. And before you say, well, here comes that dreamer, hear me out. Because it's a biblical dream. It's a dream of a community where so many different people that may occasionally step on each other's toes because we are so different from each other, and occasionally say things that are thoughtless and rude, that in this community there is such forgiveness and such love that we are at peace with one another. And just like the Jerusalem church in the book of Acts, people look at us and say, see how they love one another. I have a dream that such a church, you could lock the front doors and still not keep people away because that is exactly what this world craves and what it needs the most, that peace which passes all understanding that we have received through the forgiveness and reconciliation that comes from the cross. So let us celebrate our reconciliation today that draws us closer to our Savior and to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus. Amen.